All right. <laughs> and we're live. That's Linda from Bob's Burgers. Or I try. Uh, really? <laughs> Do you watch that? Do you watch Bob's Burgers? No. Bob's Burgers. Bob, Bob Burgers. Bob's Burgers. Uh, it's hilarious. Anyway, new season is out. <laughs> cool. <laughs> On Hulu, at least. Cool. All right. Hey, man. You have a new haircut. <laughs> I do. Yeah. It was uh, about time. Yeah. And, and it trimmed your beard. So I guess last week's episode, you know, what we predicted was going to happen did happen. <laughs> uh, no surprises. Uh, the course of our history didn't change, you know, because of that episode. Um, okay. Yeah. So what, there's one thing that I, I need to talk about. about this. Okay. <laughs> um, so I used to have my boyfriend just cut my hair because COVID times. Mm-hmm. Um and you know we've both gotten a lot better at doing it <laughs> the first time the first time we were nice. uh, not very experienced but um yeah so we were cutting our hair for a while and then as people may know he's uh, not back yet um and so i i was like i have to get a haircut <laughs> like my <laughs> hair is getting out of control here um so this is the first time i went to a barber shop like since post corona yeah since the pandemic happened not post because we're not or, acid. yeah not yeah. post but since <laughs> since, it, since it, right. like since march basically right um right. so i've heard like a couple people that i know that have gone to the barbershop since and they're like yeah like that was super safe and that's fine and whatever so did you feel safe i was like okay let me let me try <laughs> and obviously like this probably varies a lot depending on where you go <laughs> Mm-hmm. but let's just say i did not feel safe at all oh no it's like so i'm wearing my mask right and as soon mm-hmm. as i arrive they're like you know we're wearing a mask you can take it off if you want to or if you want to keep it you can keep it and i was like i'd like to keep Thanks, it on, keep please it. <laughs> yeah um but so like <laughs> every time <laughs> because they always like i don't know this is a thing in barbershops like it seems like there's i don't want to offend anyone (laughs) (laughs) it seems like a lot of places here i don't know how it is in the netherlands but Mm -hmm. like over here it's a it's like their primary job is having conversations with the other barbers and then you're kind of a side project (laughs) oh the main job is to hang out. Yes. Their side project is eventually get someone. <laughs> exactly. <here. laughs> That's like the excuse for them being there. That's like us talking about design, right? <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. That's the thing. But so and every time like they're they're at a distance, right? Because hey, social distancing. But he's basically like pulling down his mask every time he has something to say. To the other guy and he's like effectively shouting and then putting it back on and i'm just like this is the opposite of what we should be doing <laughs> oh no and it was just this whole time like i was feeling so so uncomfortable <laughs> about this yeah i bet um, from my experience is, is the other way around it's like when i'm there it's not necessarily that cutting my hair is there main focus primary focus but i am their main focus the person not my Mm. hair me which means they're going to ask me all kinds of questions they're going to talk to me about everything back in portugal usually they would talk about football Mm. um (laughs) and i'm really not into it so like i was just 
say random words that I remember <laughs> from back when I used to like I used to know football or like be in it but into it, but not anymore. Anyway, it was always very awkward. Like I always felt like I before I went to the to the barbershop I had to like do some homework and like all right let me get a quick update on like politics or <laughs> football oh just so I could have some kind of like ammunition to keep that <laughs> conversation alive. <laughs> um and here in the Netherlands this this one guy that I've found that he's awesome because my hair it's it's not about football it's more like i feel like i'm his uh therapist like right <laughs> close yeah, yeah he tells me everything that's going on in his life sometimes it's a bit uncomfortable like <laughs> like i love you man like and i feel like we're cool but i mean i don't know if you should be telling me this <laughs> so so yeah, so I don't know if this is a maybe this is a, just a cultural uh, difference, but um, yeah, yeah. Again, it probably like really differs on where you go, but I would say I've done a lot of places. <laughs> like, there's a lot of places that are just like cross off the list. Like, nope, like nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And this guy, um, he actually used to come into our office, um, RIP oh, wow. offices. <laughs> but, I didn't even know that was a um, thing. Which like Man. kind of like limited the amount of like you know it it, it like focused the attention <laughs> let's just right. say um and so this was the first time i went into their actual barbershop and yeah i was a little disappointed he's really good though um so that's <laughs> there's that <laughs> but yeah anyways all of that to say i don't think i'll be, <laughs> be going again <laughs> i think just it's safe to say that no matter what it will always be an uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. Did you try I cutting think. your own hair or like yeah, getting I, your I girlfriend? Did, to... I did cut. I used to cut my own hair back in college and I did cut my own hair once during lockdown. One thing that I feel like people don't appreciate until you start cutting your, your hair or having your partner cut your own hair is again, my opinion, the worst part about cutting your own hair or about getting your hair cut at home is not the actual cutting of hair it's the cleaning cleaning yeah cleaning is the worst like i still find hair everywhere like it's just impossible i need like something that's like a tent that's like vacuum sealed something like that like enter the airlock like you know Uh to make sure i don't get hair everywhere it's just so frustrating so yeah. I haven't really found a good solution yet. So if if like maybe I, I should speak it to my phone so Instagram can hear me and show me ads for, <laughs> <laughs> for a product that could solve this problem. You're that home pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like that's that's I, I want innovation here. <laughs> what to do right. with the hair that goes everywhere. It's awful. Like uh, honestly for me what works best is this is gonna be a bit awkward, <laughs> maybe. Um Get naked, uh, you know, definitely not like a t-shirt or something. Get as as naked as you can. No carpet or like nothing Show on the title. floor. <laughs> Be as naked as you can. Uh, like nothing on the floor, no carpet, no whatever. And then just like just just don't worry about it. And then in the end, get like a get like a sweeper, like a you know vacuum mm-hmm. everything, the whole bathroom. Um, and then just you know get a shower immediately after. No towels. Don't use towels. Hair, right? You know, stick to the stick to the towel. It's awful. We've been doing the uh, (laughs) the mix of garbage bag (laughs) 
<laughs> and um, just uh, how do you call this? I don't have the name in English. Say it in French. Tablecloth. Tablecloth. You know, you can okay. get like these like plastic tablecloths. Oh, so we put that on the floor to try to like contain a little bit okay. of damage and then vacuum after. But interesting. Yeah. It's... Welcome to Layout, a show about design, <laughs> technology, <laughs> and hair. I, I can't do a segue. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about hair. Uh, what were we talking about? Yeah, hair and then whatever. Anyway, my recording was not working, but I'm back. Hopefully now I sound Speaking of cutting your hair, better. your own hair at home, <laughs> Google's events seem to be recorded <laughs> from home, right? <laughs> oh my God, what a stretch. Actually, wait. Yeah. So this is a little teaser for like in this week's episode of Layout. Uh, we're going to talk about Google's event and Google TV especially. And then we're going to talk about Slack stories. And then we're going to talk like r- virtual conferences. And and I I have to have you like, Kevin, I'm going to need you to be like, you know, sit in the bench for like 10 minutes. Just hear me out. And I need to rant about uh, the new Spider-Man movie, um, which I think I just made like a big breakthrough in the MCU. <laughs> okay, I'll go grab a drink. I'll be back. Thank you. <laughs> but before we talk about all this good stuff, uh, I just want to have a quick uh, follow-up on your uh, app because uh, since we last recorded and, and since we posted last week's episode, I did receive a test flight invite. And Boom. so I've been using this beta of this very exclusive app. Whoa. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> exclusive app whoa, uh, called Until. And I have a, here a thing um, which says... Uh, you know, five days till the doctor's appointment. Boom. There you go. Nice. nice. I like it. How's it going? Uh, any updates? Uh, how did it go? Well, so f- first of all, it took literally forever to get the app approved for a test light somehow. But it eventually worked. Um, if our, some of our listeners want to get on the beta, I'll have a link in the show notes. So you can go and uh, and sign up and try it out. One thing that I, I don't know if you've had ever had this with some of the apps that you've had on TestFlight, but I've had a bunch of people reach out to me and say, "Hey, I want to I want to try it out," including people you know whose work I respect <laughs> and you know like their stuff, and I just I always felt the need to preface like this by saying. You know, this is still very much a work in progress. Like, there's lots of stuff that are not great yet. Like, it's not super fully featured and everything. So, you know, I would love your feedback, but also take things with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily my best work yet. Um, <laughs> have you ever feel that sort of, I don't know if it's an imposter syndrome, but that kind of like, I don't I want never... people to judge me for this. <laughs> I never not felt that <laughs> in anything. It's whether it's a beta or the final release or work at Netlify or work at anything. I'm like, God, there's so many compromises here, and like this is this does not reflect my skills. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, please. It, <laughs> it feels like I need this sort of statement. It, it it's kind of like the uh, my views don't reflect those of my employer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So my work does not reflect my own, you know, skills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so 
happy to hear that that's common um mm-hmm. but 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 seriously everyone like this app is incredibly basic <laughs> um i think it's great so that out I of the way i like i think i managed to get get it to a good enough spot where the app is usable there's a few cool things in there i've started getting feedback which has been actually like really fun I really like getting people like send me pictures like a screenshot of their phone with the like the countdown that they that they use um mm. and, and that's like an aspect of shipping that I was like oh yeah like I really miss this part actually like <laughs> it's really yeah. fun to see people use it and see why they use it lots of people counting down until the end of 2020 <laughs> Mm-hmm. actually um also lots of people have like their partner is away for some reason uh they want to use it for that so that's really cool um so yeah the feedback's been great like i've been super happy with what people have been like you know asking about and things that people have been reporting um one thing that's funny is it seems that 80 percent of what people are reporting are actually problems with swift ui <laughs> Where I'm like, I know this is an issue. I just can't really fix it in Swift UI. I would have to rewrite this view in UI Kit to address this. So it's kind of frustrating. Um, and there's probably a halfway solutions where I could mm-hmm. take this text field and then write it in UI Kit and then import it back to Swift UI and <laughs> like doing these kinds of things, but. Um, but yeah, overall, like I'm making progress right now. I've, I've got it to a point where it's like pretty stable. Things are working relatively well. There's a couple things, which is like, maybe people are gonna, are gonna hear this and they're gonna be like, how, how can you do this? But I've worked a lot on, on like the, everything before the countdown arrives at the time. I don't even know what happens when you hit the date <laughs> like there's no screen there's no nothing like once you reach the end of your countdown so don't expect any notifications don't expect anything then nothing happens i think it just starts <laughs> counting up after after that date um so i still have some you know pretty critical parts of the app to figure out mm-hmm. um but yeah, it's been really fun. And like every day I try to work on it a little bit. I've been sub- submitting a lot of builds, um, sometimes multiple builds <laughs> in the same day. Um, test flight? Yeah, on test flight. Oh my God, I didn't get a notification. Yeah, so that's been that's been fun and I will keep them coming. Oh my God, I, yeah, I'm still running the first one. Ah, God, see, there you go. The notification. Lots and Jesus. lots of improvements. Oh, because okay. uh, <laughs> I was I was just about to like share a couple of suggestions or whatever. But I would love that. Definitely, oh, please that. It's refreshing. Please Did share. You state? Yeah, I made it smaller because this is the actual size. So I got some some very good feedback uh, by listener Dave, I believe, um, who yeah, who was saying that it should reflect like the actual text wrapping on the the real widget. Was this David Darns? Yes. <laughs> Hi, David. <laughs> um, okay, cool, 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 cool. Love it. Uh, yeah, I've been using it since uh, you know I got the thing. Can I? So can I? I'm the like anti, uh, you know, increased scope guy, but I'm, I'm I have a suggestion that would okay. Go scope. go for it. Go for it. 
Okay. I think so based on you know after using it after using it for a couple of weeks. <laughs> um I think something that I would really want um either on lunch day but like I guess not if you are willing to like keep working on it right after you push uh, like the first whatever you publish it but I really need more than one <laughs> um which I, you know, I'm sure you know, and people told you, mm-hmm. but th- that was the one. Like, yeah, that's that's it. And then suggestions just like increase contrast somehow uh, with the text when you have an image. And this is just a suggestion: instead of event date and start counting from, I would do from and until because there's a little bit of branding. Like, ooh, until ooh. That's where it comes from, and it's just like they almost like are the same length as a, like a string. And they look kind of... Do you think it loses a bit of clarity, though? It, yes. But I don't know if, like, enough to be a problem, if that makes sense. Hmm. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Boom. From your yeah, phone right now, pe- text. <laughs> <laughs> I've also had someone say that uh, maybe I should have the title first and the date second, because that's more common, like, how, you know, whenever we create a document or anything like that. I agree, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So my my reason for doing this this way is that it follows what the preview actually says. So it starts with a date and then you kind of like can describe yeah. that or like not even have any text in there. Some people do that as well. If you want to see more of your picture and you know, you know, what's yeah. what's coming up, like you can also do that. Um, so st- still trying to like get some, some more opinions on, on that stuff. Just because I know that this is going to be something you're going to fret over and based on some of the conversations we've had <laughs> about increasing the contrast of the text is in like maybe i'll do some machine learning to see if the picture is busy enough so i can apply some kind of things like whoa 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 yes that'd be cool but like <laughs> maybe this can be as simple as having a checkbox like increase contrast yeah. that would just add that layer so if you if you're kevin clark and you select a picture that was properly cropped and has only the subject like on the side you don't like actually the contrast is worse it's going to make it look worse um but if you do need it just maybe a checkbox is yeah simple. and that's probably what i'll, I'll end up doing um cool. <laughs> you you mentioned the ma- machine learning thing we're having this conversation over text messages so just for context for people listening to this um yeah, yeah so basically the the issue is that when you're using an image that's super busy um the like transparent white text like i don't apply any darkening on your image and i think that that looks great on specific kinds of images like Mm -hmm. i have some gradients that are included by default in the app um and also the images i've selected um kind of like don't conflict with the text as much but obviously not everyone's going to do that and so my thing is i don't want to blanket apply a dark effect over the the image because it'll just make it like it'll just make it look worse in a lot of cases but i think you're right that there are some cases where you want that and so my idea was like maybe there's some sort of machine learning that you could do and (laughs) what because the problem space Again, I know nothing about machine learning, which is part of why like this sounded fun to me. Actually, like this is finally an excuse that something maybe I could try. Um, but 
it's actually like a fairly reasonable problem i think for machine learning because it's i don't need a precise like what kind of bird is this right like (laughs) where this has to be like very very precise for me it's just is the image generally busy or is it not (laughs) and um i can apply selectively apply the effect um based on that it sounds like a easy enough model to train as in like you have this area in where you expect to have text there and if there's like only like a single caller ish you know uh then it's good Uh, if not if there's like a lot of stuff i don't know it feels like it's easy enough to model but so basically the way you would train the model again this is as someone who's never actually done this but the way i understand it is i would pick a bunch of images where i'm like yep this one Mm-hmm. This is fine. We don't need the dark overlay. And then I pick a bunch of images where I say, no, that one needs a dark overlay. And then I basically mm-hmm. just feed it these set of images and it'll figure out what it needs to figure out to get any random image and figure out, does it need the overlay or does it not yeah. need the overlay? Um, and so I thought this could be like a cool use of that. But obviously, like until then, I would probably just do a checkbox and... Maybe even then, like, I don't know. I would see... Because the thing is, you can apply multiple images. So maybe there's one image in there that doesn't have high contrast. Uh-huh. And then you'd want just that to just apply it to that one as opposed to, like, blanket applying it to everyone. So okay. there's, like... Sounds like a great V2. Yeah, I mean, you can start <laughs> with just, like, the checkbox and then V2 or V1.1. You introduce the, the model, the machine learning. But it, the only thing it's going to do is just, like, maybe toggle the default. Mm-hmm. So we start, I think this is busy. So by default, I have the, yeah, the exactly. dark overlay checked and then see if that becomes, you know, reliable enough that you can eliminate the checkbox entirely. But yep. yeah. Another thing that yeah. I've been wanting to explore with this um, is so what to do with the, the app icon. Because people have the beta laying down. The <laughs> app icon is literally mm-hmm. just a gradient. There's nothing there. And... Honestly, most people aren't going to spend their days staring at this icon because the whole point is that it's a widget. And so, you know, the icon doesn't super matter as much. But I couldn't help but think, okay, what would I do as an icon for this? And like, what is like, what is some sort of visual representation for the app? I really like my name. Um, So the name, like the until name, I think is good. I want to keep that. Um, But do I have any sort of visual? And so what I've been thinking about and tell me what you think. I've been thinking about using the hourglass with kind of iconography, huh? With the U of until. Well, I don't know if there was would be a U somewhere. But okay. <laughs> I was just thinking of like the hourglass as like the physical representation of mm-hmm. what this app is, and I get that hourglass is more about you know counting the time down, but it it feels like it's the closest representation to like showing you the progress towards something Mm -hmm. that I thought could be interesting. And I was thinking it'd be cool for me to try 3d modeling and to model this hourglass in 3d, which I could use in the icon. And then here's my like ultimate plan. Again, that I'm like spoiling everything on the show, (laughs) but this is why you listen to layout. I was thinking if I can get the mod, the 3d model into the app because um, I'm probably have some going to have some sort of about screen um, 
I thought it'd be cool that I'd like import it in scene kit. And so you'd have the 3D hourglass with like some sand going down and then you could tap it and it would like flip and then, you know, go the other way. So it'd be like in real time. So you could like, you'd have like an actual hourglass you can play with in the app. as like a nice little like Easter egg. I think that sounds really cool. I would love for you to do that. I also think that's a lot of work. <laughs> It's like it would probably take you as much time as it did to build the whole app, <laughs> uh, especially because like just three D modeling is one beast, and then scene kit is another big. Beast. Oh really? <laughs> and then interactive scene kit stuff like it's another one. Um, but sh- yeah, sure, give it a try. Maybe you can start with just three D modeling, export that, and as your app icon, and mm-hmm. then. You know, if you feel like, oof, maybe having a, a full interactive one in in app it might be a bit too much, then you you can shelve that for a later update. Yeah. If any of our listeners have experience with three D modeling or doing anything like that, I would very very much appreciate like any pointers on where to get started with all of this. Um, because I've never really done that. Like, I see some people. I'm gonna try to like find them again on Twitter, but. I've seen some some designers start dabbling into doing some 3D for icon stuff, and they're doing a great job. I'm like, how do I do that too? <laughs> so I don't know. Like, and I also don't really want to download like crazy 3D software. Like, I'm you're gonna have probably to. doesn't make sense it. for me to have like Maya or something like that. Like, you're gonna need I, Blender or like Cinema 4D or something. Yeah, and I've probably. done some Cinema 4D in the in the past, so I know a little bit of that. So, anyways, we'll see. <laughs> uh, right. Stay tuned. So that that's where I'm at. All right. So let's talk about all those topics that I that I teased. Um, but before we do, should we do a quick break to let uh, our listeners know who was awesome enough to sponsor this? Yes. Our sponsor this week is Curiosity Stream. Our sponsor this week is Curiosity Stream, the first on-demand documentary streaming service. There's always something new to learn about with thousands of documentaries on technology, history, nature, food, science, travel, and more. Tune in to award-winning exclusives and originals featuring Sir David Attenborough, Stephen Hawking, Nick Offerman, and Chris Hadfield. If you can't decide what to watch, you should try CuriosityStream's newest feature, On Now, where you can watch a continuous stream of the best documentaries. Curiosity Stream works on just about any device, so you can stream anywhere at any time. You can get an entire year of streaming for just $14.99 when you sign up at curiositystream.com/layout. So our thanks to Curiosity Stream for sponsoring this week's episode of Layout. Uh, I gotta say, like the the featured documentary that they have right now is the time of this recording is a thing called caffeinated and uh well to say caffeinated tells the story of coffee in a community that has evolved around it and it's pretty much like the whole journey <laughs> from you know from bean to a cup of coffee <laughs> it's it looks really good in this right up my alley um i remember like back in college i bought it was the first time i bought anything on vimeo it was this documentary mm-hmm. on coffee and just i don't know i'm a sucker for that i think coffee has such a good uh like it's so photogenic like the imagery nice um love it so anyway caffeinated on curiosity stream subscribe and uh give it a watch Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. 
Um, okay, mm. so we 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 do have a couple uh, topics. Uh, let's start with this uh, Google TV thing. But uh, Google had Google had a hardware event that announced a bunch of uh, new devices, including like new Pixel phones and stuff. And I didn't watch the event, but I did watch the the Verge recap, as you do. I think that's a. The, I was watching. It was a thirty-minute event. We're probably going to spend more time talking about it than the entire duration of the event. But then I should have watched. Well, at least what thing. I watched, it was like the Google Night In event. Yeah, that's what I watched. Uh, so the the one thing I want to talk to you about, uh, and maybe again, this is this will be very quick. It's just a small little thing, but. Um, the actual announcement that got my attention the most was was Google TV, mm-hmm. which is not even like a product in itself. Like Google TV is is like a like a an app that you can run if you if you have a, a Chromecast plugged in. They also not announced new Chromecast, and it, so the new Chromecast comes with a, now like a little remote, a little TV remote, um, and so if you buy that, it it runs Google TV, and. Like looking at Google TV is like, oh, okay. Well, here's a TV UI, <laughs> uh, which you know I think pretty much uh, Netflix kind of designed this in a way, uh, and and it's pretty much what you see in Apple TV and all the all the little all the little uh, OSs, TV OSs, and so it was like you know nothing new, but it looks good. I think it looks it looks it looks clean. It looks it looks cool. Uh, but nothing, you know, groundbreaking. But then they, uh, all the features that they announced is like nothing new for as an Apple TV user, not new. They're like, oh, you can use your voice to search for shows, like show me Batman movies and like with this actor. And like, so anyway, a bunch of features that are not groundbreaking. But then they have like the equivalent of like the Watch Now, right? Effectively, they will pull content from all the streaming services. Uh, just like Apple does as well, but Apple uh, famously they don't support uh, Netflix. They have no integration with Netflix, and Google apparently does. Um, so that was like a thing that you know they have way better, you know, than well something that they have over Apple TV. So and I was like that got me thinking like oh shit like so they have a leg up. They have something that Apple TV can't have because Apple can't seem to make a deal with Netflix for this because netflix doesn't want it like they get nothing from this and i'm like okay but then what does netflix get gets from this from google deal and well they do have they have a netflix button on their remote and i'm like huh could that have been it could that have been (laughs) like the thing i think that was part of it for sure (laughs) definitely part of it because again like this supports all streaming services, not you know Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and HBO and all of them, but only Netflix has its own dedicated button, like it does on like pretty much all the new you know modern TVs. Um, it's like, damn. So, do you think Apple would ever <laughs> add a Netflix no. button to an Apple TV remote? No, but uh, Apple could uh, give them a better deal on their cut. <laughs> For sure. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. Uh, I I also think this is this is a good a good sign because it before this it almost seemed like Netflix was had no price, right? They were just like, nope, not mm. interested. I don't want your money. I don't want your thing. I don't want. I don't want to be friends with you. I hate you. I don't even want to think about you. <laughs> Go away. Bye. Um, and with this one, it seems like. Oh, but there there are things you can do to make Netflix 
work within your ecosystem. So it's like now there's a price. Is Apple willing to pay that price? Right, yeah, like the, the current impressive. price is. Well, you gotta ship a remote with a button with our logo on it and give us a truckload of money. Probably, mm-hmm. um, is Apple willing to do these things? I I would be shocked if they had a Netflix button on their remote. So they're probably not going to do that. But they could give them more money. <laughs> and at a certain point, if they're already doing the work to integrate with Chromecast, like there's a good chance that there's an opening to integrate with the apple tv one Mm -hmm. um i don't think the apple tv interface for tv is particularly good um so i'm not sure as a user that i would like end up really using it that much but see i i know i'm in a minority here but i actually quite enjoyed the tv app i think it's good i i really like the apple tv like as a device I have no problems with the remote. Oh, well, I have some problems with the remote, but not, whoa. Just like the lights just went out. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Oh, wait. <laughs> what if I was totally uh, home automation. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to know that I'm here. And so that should be. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Uh, I do enjoy, I, I think Apple, I really like Apple TV. I use it a lot. I, that's the only way I use my TV. Um, is either that or the PlayStation. And I think it's cool, and I like it. But now, it's really, really hard to sell hard to sell Apple TV. Like this Chromecast model that we were talking about, uh, it's priced at like fifty bucks, like forty nine bucks. That's the thing you get: four K HDR. It's a little, little like a very small little puck. Uh, not even puck. It's like like a little USB stick almost. You just yeah. plug it to your TV. Um, and and like super cheap, and you get effectively like all pretty much all the functionality that you get from an Apple TV. And an Apple TV is still priced at like two hundred or three hundred bucks, and it's not a better experience. Um, and it's competing with like the, these built-in apps in pretty much every TV. Like you know, every TV that you buy, like a modern TV, has Netflix app, has the HBO app built in. You don't need any of these pucks. Um, so like, what is the deal? I feel like, I don't know what Apple is going to do either. Just offer it at a a a competitive price and like just a very cheap thing, which I don't see Apple doing. That's not their style. So so if they want to keep those margins and keep that market and that price, they're going to have to offer something in return. Like, cause what they're doing is not really cutting it anymore. So I don't know what the future of Apple TV is, (laughs) But I hope they're not like giving up because I feel you know now they're with the Apple TV Plus thing they're they're in it. Uh, but I don't know, I don't know. Any any thoughts? So the problem that Apple has in, in TV is that we don't need hardware. <laughs> like honestly, I have no idea what the amount of RAM there is in my Apple TV or or whatever. I I don't even know how much uh, uh, storage space have on my apple tv right like none of this matters because honestly what i'm doing is literally just playing video and mm-hmm. so it doesn't need to be powerful it doesn't need the latest chip or whatever you know beyond the basics it's all software like there's not really that much hardware innovation to be had there and so i think they have two paths one they pivot the tv to be something that requires more hardware which is 
towards gaming <laughs> um, and try to make it a more compelling gaming platform. We all know how that story ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not very well. Um, or they just recognize that, you know, the, the Apple TV they've been selling for how many years now? Like, I don't know, five years? Uh, more, no, maybe way more. more. Uh, not this model, like, but like Apple TV was introduced. Uh, no, no, no. no but I mean, like that. The iPhone. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that like actual hardware. Okay, yeah, it's like four. They've years been ago. selling it for probably like five years. That's still fine. <laughs> they actually don't need to update it. Like that is fine. Like don't make it powerful. Like what they could do is make it a little bit smaller. But again, it's sitting next to a giant <laughs> PS4 and <laughs> a giant Xbox. Like. At, at this at this point, like it's not that much of an improvement for people. Like people are not going to go out and buy a new Apple TV because it's a little bit smaller, and so I think it has to come down in price. It it just has, and yeah, it's not typical Apple style, but it's also not traditional Apple style to have Apple apps on a bunch of random platforms they don't own, like mm-hmm. you know they do on a bunch of TVs. I think there's probably something they can do where they still make money off of it. And maybe it's like, I feel like for Apple TV, like a $99 price tag would probably be good enough. And the reality is like, they wouldn't be competing that much on hardware. Like don't compete on hardware, compete on software basically is the Mm -hmm. only way with this. Yeah. I feel like even though they are, uh, building apps for other vendors, other platforms. The industry, the world is not at a place that where they could just do that, right? Like, there's still no. a lot of TVs with no... And, water, and they need to control everything if they can. Same. Least. And the experience of Apple TV is still way better than using the actual TV interface. Like, I never want to use it to see that TV interface. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same thing with this uh, Google Chromecast. Like, right. I think this would be great. Like I could switch tomorrow to use to use that and would essentially see no difference <laughs> into what I'm doing. Like these these two products are basically the same yeah. <laughs> in almost every aspect. And if anything, like the one hardware aspect where I think you'd expect normally Apple to win, I feel like Google is winning here. Like we talked a little bit about how Apple will never do the Netflix and the YouTube buttons. Um, let me tell you, if my Apple TV had a Netflix button and a YouTube button, I'd use them. <laughs> like, I'd take them. I I agree that from, like, a pure aesthetics purpose, like, it's not the classiest, but it'd be useful. Right. It's not the class. It's not just that it's, it's, like, what if you don't watch Netflix, right? Then you have a button there just, you know, if you could map it, maybe, but. Yeah, I don't see that. Yeah, but who doesn't watch Netflix, really? <laughs> it's just, it sucks for the other. Like, maybe your streaming service of choice is, like, Disney Plus. Or right. maybe it's, you know, something else. Um, I get that. Like, right. But, um, like, another problem that I think Apple has is they they kind of fucked up, like, the model <laughs> with, like, starting with apps. And that's why they have this weird, like, there's two, there's actually two home screens on Apple TV. There's the TV app. But Steve Jobs cracked it. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, 
there's a TV app and then there's the, I don't know, home screen right. <laughs> interface, which means I'm never actually in the TV app <laughs> or very rarely. I'm most of the time I'm just in the app screen because this is oh, where I launch the apps. See, okay, see, we use this very differently. So I know I'm probably an anomaly here, but like I subscribe to all of the streaming services. <laughs> Same. Um, and so like I use the TV app primarily. Like I have my queue and like these are the shows that I watch. So I like I want to watch something, I turn it on and I pick something from the queue. Now the exception here is Netflix. Of course, it's not in that queue. But honestly, like I think I watched less Netflix than I would have uh, if they were there uh, and if they were if they would appear in that list. So I only go back to the home screen when I need to launch YouTube or Netflix, and that's it. Which are, I mean, the two primary content sources for me. But uh, do you find that you discover shows in the TV app? No, not really, because I'm never looking. Like I already have a million recommendations and like a queue, and I know like I'm, I'm when I'm aware that a show is like worth paying attention to or like I should watch it. Mm-hmm. Like I know it already before the TV app has the opportunity to. And even if it does, if it does, I'm like, I mean, sure, you're mm. you're showing me all kinds of shows. Like I, I don't know. So no, I don't use it in that way. Right, right. See, for me, I find new recommendations on netflix and on the crave app and on like all sorts of apps all the time because i go directly to that app um hmm. like there's this new like enola holmes show and uh-huh. or i think it's a movie That's it's right. like there's a bunch of different things so i don't know i just find that that the tv app is not particularly great <laughs> at any of these like discovery uh, tasks and also just the primary feature which is remember my spot <laughs> still somehow not reliable <laughs> for some reason yeah, i don't know me. why but i don't know okay i don't know so yeah interesting it's like but this is honestly this is a great product from google like this is cool slam dunk like did what you had to do um we'll see how their recommendations are but like i don't think it's crazy to say that it's probably going to be better than apple's <laughs> Yeah. So okay, there's there's few more things that I want to talk about because I actually watched the event. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, so I wanted to comment on the event itself because this is one thing that's been actually fun to see how companies evolve their events to adapt themselves to the current world situation where we can have can't have real in person event, and so. I actually have a thing that Google did a lot of things right with this event, and they also did some things that are like were kind of weird. Um, so first off, I thought in terms of pacing and just like overall duration of the event, this is a thirty-minute event. Good job, Google. Like I feel like Google events are always so long for some reason, and it, it seems like they exercise some restraint in this event, and that was very much appreciated um i also thought it was interesting like how their approach was so different from apple's um apple's is still very much highly produced this is we're all at apple park and we're doing these like crazy transitions and these 3d things google had this sort of conceit where it was yeah i think it was like a night out with google or or a night in with google or something like that 
and basically like introduced with the presenter sort of in the living room <laughs> context like sitting on the couch and like let us like talk to you about our things like you know we're like all getting cozy for tonight um <laughs> and it, it is let me tuck you in with these product announcements <laughs> Yeah, almost, honestly. Like, <laughs> they might ha- have had that actual line, actually. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like that vibe, which is so, yeah, so different from Apple. But I actually thought kind of worked well for Google. Hmm. It's kind of like I want Google to not try to do what Apple is doing and just figure out something that works well for them. And that seemed like an interesting kind of angle to take it and just make it a lot more casual like make it a lot more homey for lack of a better word um so i thought that was interesting i also thought the way so they've had they had like a bunch of uh, product demos essentially um and a lot of them used creators from youtube Hmm. which i thought was super cool like they had the they showed the speaker which I forget the name, um, but it's like a new version of the Google Home Mini, I think. Um, and they had this like creator who was like, I think, doing drums and Nest with, Audio. I, yeah. Oh, Nest Audio. <laughs> Weird product names. Um, I thought it was it was really again really unique to Google. Could never have seen Apple do something like this, but they incorporated a lot of YouTubers in their actual presentation in a way that I thought was very tasteful and very well done. Um, and then, uh, oh, there, there were things that were weird, though. So, for example, they announced the new Pixel, okay? And I swear to God, okay, the person says, so here's our new Pixel. It has an, always, uh, it, it has an edge-to-edge screen, okay? There's a screenshot for maybe a grand total of two seconds and then moving right along, like no demo, no like fancy like product video demonstration or anything. It was just, this is the new Pixel. It has this, it has that, it has this. Moving on. <laughs> like, that was literally wow. like maybe five minutes, the entire <laughs> introduction of the phone. <laughs> just like so strange. Um, and the Pixel product in Google's lineup never... It was always a mystery to me because it's like, all right, here you are, Google, making your own flagship phone, you know, high-end flagship phone to compete with the big, you know, the, the Samsungs and the iPhones and stuff. And they always did a very poor job at marketing it. Like, you know, yeah, you, you would never know about it in the beginning. And I was like, okay, maybe it's because they don't have the fab capacity. You know, they can't mass produce it at that scale and they can't really, maybe they don't have the infrastructure yet in place so maybe that's like they don't want it to be very popular because they can't you know take it but then as the years go on like it, it always got great reviews from you know tech reviewers but their marketing was always like just it, there wasn't there wasn't any marketing really <laughs> and here you are google which is like the homepage of the internet like they probably could leverage that if they, they have all the money and then resources to do that and they yeah. never did. And now what happened is like instead of them ramping up the marketing, it feels like they're just like getting way more low key with the Pixel. It's like it's probably not even a high end product anymore. Like it's a mid tier phone. 
in terms of specs and, and build quality. And it's very interesting to like just strategy wise, like where do they want to take the pixel? I don't, it's, it's, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm not just into Google stuff enough. Like maybe there's just isn't actually that much new to this phone. And so they just kind of like were moving right along. But it definitely felt like, hey, isn't the phone supposed to be sort of the star of your show? Like there's just really not much there. Um, and then another thing that felt a little strange is they had these weird, um, uh, celebrity cameos. And this is an area where it's like totally kind of, well, actually, no, they didn't do it like Apple does, but it was just as cringeworthy <laughs> as it was when Apple does it. So they have this, they want to show how the Google audio thing, uh, works, yeah, so they have Mark Ronson, okay? He's in a studio, okay? <laughs> and they ask him, okay, Mark, can you play a song for us? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and then he asks, ask like Google Audio to <laughs> play a song. And then you basically, you literally spend maybe like 10 or 15 minutes watching Mark Ronson listen to music <laughs> on the thing. And he's like, oh yeah, the sound's really great. <laughs> and it's just, why <laughs> and, okay. and it's like they they want to show how sound quality is good on this thing but i just didn't feel like it was super appropriate or just like a good use of our time it just felt kind of a waste of time yeah that's all that's always so tricky in these in this video event type of thing especially when you're trying to sell something that sounds really good like how how are you gonna yeah. whatever like having people say it sounds really good it's like well of course you're gonna have people say like you know you're not gonna pick someone say like yeah it's okay <laughs> <laughs> you can have that that's that's a given so how can you i don't know is it just like the bigger the name you can get like to say that it's good like it's it's really hard to communicate yeah so. but it it like w- so wasn't a uh, position from like hi i'm it like it wasn't Hi, I'm Mark Ronson, and this is good audio. It was like, no, like, they're in a studio, and there's this guy who's asking him also, like, a random question. Like, it's sort of like an interview setting where he's asking about his work and everything, and he's like, hey, do you want to play a song for us? And then he, like, plays a song on the audio, and then you watch him listen to the song in real time. <laughs> it was just like nothing for a while. And he's like, oh yeah, like I can really feel the bass or whatever. <laughs> it was like, okay, cool. Like, it was just kind of, yeah, it was, it was just kind of cringeworthy. And they had the uh, same thing with Selena Gomez when they were talking about some sort of like music app. Mm. I don't know. It really just looked like Spotify and it was kind of a similar situation. It just felt like there's a random interview with an artist in the middle of this like product segment that just felt maybe a little bit out of place. So, but right. overall, I'd say I would give a general thumbs up. Like I think they did some interesting things, and the TV product seems like like it's super super good. And I would highly recommend to anyone who's in the Google ecosystem or someone who doesn't have an Apple TV already. Um, and then the, yeah, the speaker looks cool as well. Like always been a big fan of home mini seems like a better version of that. There's and, not a mini yeah, is to compete with a Google home, like the, the or okay. size one, the bigger one. Okay. The bigger one. 
Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I actually, might go back and watch it if it's thirty minutes. That's that's watchable. Cool. Yeah. All right. We don't. Damn, we're running out of time. It's getting so long. Hey, I have, so I guess we're skipping the Slack stories. I'll as the stories, uh, you know, um, <laughs> expert, um, you know, in charge. What? <laughs> yeah, that? I didn't have anything to say about it. I just wanted to get your take on the record. <laughs> on um, Slack stories. Yeah, I'll let it stew. We'll come back to it next week. Uh, yeah, no, just a quick point on virtual conferences. So yesterday was uh, the Jamstack Conf. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a conference organized by Netlify, and I've been a part, well, on the other side of things for for uh, many years. And so this is their second all virtual conference, and it's just it's I don't know if you've, you've attended uh, some of these, but like it's gotten to a point it's so mature, like the technology behind it. And how presenters, like, well, how the talks actually go. Uh, like now, there's a lot of pre-recorded talks as well, which kind of mm. at the beginning feels weird. But then it's like, yeah, but why not? Because in in our case, yeah. our like in Jamstack uh, Conf's case, like uh, in when you had pre-recorded talks, then the speaker could be in the chat at the same time, so like answering questions or like giving some more uh, in context or insight, which is also interesting. So. It's been cool to see uh, some of the like how this conference model is evolving. I also just rewatched some of the uh, config, you know, Figma's conference recently as well. And it's 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 so cool. Like it's it's been really cool to see like production values and just creativity um, evolve in these. Um, I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, we're in unprecedented times. Um, <laughs> it's been. <laughs> It's been interesting. And then we, I was just like talking to you about this as in like, this was something that I would like to talk about. And you were like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm giving a talk, um, <laughs> remote talk uh, yep. this Friday. Uh, and you didn't tell me about it. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. So the conference is called Agile Tour. Uh, it's primarily an Agile conference, which I'm definitely not an expert on. But uh, I will be talking about... The Road to Excellence, which is a talk that I've given before, um, but a talk that I really love. And so I'm really happy to get the opportunity to give it in front of more people because I just like going back through my notes again. I'm just reminded of like how good of a talk this is. And like <laughs> this, is, this is not me like bragging, but I'm proud of it in a way that i haven't been proud of any of the other talks That's that i've done man. before. Like most of the talks that I give when i if i look back at it like even a week later i'm like Ugh, i hate it like <laughs> i want to change everything and this one i feel like has stood the test of time and it is yeah it just feels like a solid talk so um i believe it will be available for online for everyone to watch for free uh i will be doing it live which like as you were talking about pre-recorded talks i was like i would have loved to do that <laughs> Because, um, yeah, if you can pre-record, why wouldn't you? <laughs> is my argument. Like, I could have had, like, a multi-cam setup yeah. and, like, lots of different, Dude, like... sound effects and, like, some green screen magic. Yeah, like, way it. better hey, production value. If someone wants right? to invite me to give a talk, I'll just throw all the sound effects. I want to try it. <laughs> See, there you go. Um, so, but no, so their whole setup was about doing the talks live, so... I'm following that, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, one thing that, that I noticed, so I'm using Keynote as any good designer would <laughs> for all 
transitions and animations and stuff like that uh again i i say that just as a joke no judgment uh but uh <laughs> but yeah so because this is also like a talk that was already you know pre-made <laughs> you know post uh, this, this yeah. these times these unprecedented times um so one thing that that apple has done is they've released an update for keynote that lets you present a keynote into a separate window which is super useful yes. to be able to just share that window and just present that. Except the big problem with this is you that means you don't have access to the presenter notes at all. Is that true? Okay. I mean, you tell me. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. I haven't used Keynote in... in, in it's been a while. Uh, but like, you I can't know... do a pop-up window with just the notes. Like, I know that... Uh, there's like this very useful keyboard shortcut and you know my my friend Phil Hawksworth he's like the keynote master um, and and like I think that's, there's like a keyboard shortcut when you're in present in present mode presentation mode whatever uh, if you're using like two screens or something in where you do have like the slides on one and the presenter notes on the other it will just swap those so whatever screen you has a presentation it will get the presenter notes and vice versa and I'm pretty sure so in that way, you could use, well, if you have, like, two monitors, like, you know, or just one single external monitor, you can use, you can you can be streaming your, let's say, your laptop, and that way you can make sure that your presenter notes are on the other display. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, look around. Like, I, I think there's probably a way. <laughs> I think. Yeah, so you can definitely do that with two screens, which, again, is kind of a, odd limitation i am lucky enough to have this display but like it seems like it shouldn't be uh, a a feature that's limited to that um but the the challenge actually there is that still means like it's taking over my full screen and so i'm not able to see for example how many people are attending i can't see if people are asking questions and I can't see myself. <laughs> so I don't like, hopefully I am in frame and I'm like, you know, well set up, but it's once the to- talk starts, I'm in this black box where I can't hear anything. I can't see anything. It's I'm just in, you know, keynote mode, which kind of sucks for these online events. So what I wish I could do is have the presentation be in one window have the show notes uh, the show notes the uh, the presenter notes in a, their own window and i could have basically all three windows on my my actual screen so i can see what the audience sees i can see my notes and i can see my slides all in one but that unfortunately is not possible so those are normally things that in a real world conference i can see the audience i can see my notes and i can see my slides like that all works out but you can't do that for keynote right now it's so odd like why would yeah you can do it in google slides like google slides is made for these kinds of things but keynote still isn't yeah it's weird so i found well (laughs) there's another thing of because i can have this background that i currently have so just behind my desk but um i've been also experimenting playing with uh, I think we you recommended it the camo app yeah where I can use my iPhone as the camera and I was thinking there's actually like another angle that 
is better looking <laughs> than this as a background that I could use, which means I wouldn't have access to my monitor. So one of the things I was testing out is uh, presenting my screen on my laptop and actually using my iPad in remote mm-hmm. mode which would give me show me my slides and my presenter notes side by side and have like I had this crazy setup to actually be able to like do everything but it involves like an iPad and involves my phone being used on a tripod as a camera and it's just, like whole complicated setup but so um, are you, are you going to be using Zoom? It's not no, it's not Zoom. They have a special software for the conference where so, people can like attend the different sessions and all that stuff. Why don't you uh use like your LG monitor as like the thing you're streaming so it has the slides in it. And then you use your laptop as like both presenter notes and like you you, you know you you're going to use it like off camera, but you can use it as um, or actually the other way around you use your monitor you can like place a monitor next to your phone almost like a, it's like a teleprompter mm-hmm. with the presenter notes like big enough that you can see them from a distance and then you use your laptop it's like you can look at the slides and like stream that if that makes sense yeah <laughs> I don't know it's an interesting uh, challenge I never actually thought about this yeah, anyways, it's really cool. I think the ideal situation actually is to present from my computer and present to a like the the window mode. Mm-hmm. So it like opens a new window with the presentation, share that window with the presentation uh with you know on the live stream and then have the page for the live stream open so mm-hmm. I can have slides plus this and then have my ipad as the teleprompter that's in remote mode where i can see the notes so i can see notes slides and audience uh i'm gonna ask uh, and i'm gonna ask my friend phil for some advice because i know he's been doing a bunch of these (laughs) live you know virtual conferences things and he's uh he's i know he's uses keynote so yeah Oh, cool. Yeah, if you have any, any advice to send my way, I would really appreciate it. <laughs> Excited to, to give the talk. And uh, if any listeners go and attend, please uh, let me know. And you can like say you're a listener of the show in, in the chat, and that will make my day. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, is it? Uh, yeah, links in the show notes. What's the URL do you want to share? AgileTourVienna.app. And at as in at, not the at symbol. <laughs> cool. Also, uh, before I move on, uh, away from this from this topic, speaking of virtual conferences, I want to give a just a quick shout out for, uh, to this one conference. Um, it's called the XFN Conf twenty twenty, and it's it's a very interesting conference in where it's like it's not just the design tech scene, like it's also also mixed with with people from like the TV industry and like entertainment and media industry and looking at all the panels, like the, the speakers, it's really, really cool to see like just the, in terms of like diversity of, of content even. Uh, and honestly, like entertainment, media, TV and design is like a really good <laughs> mix for me. So I'm, I'm personally really, uh, into, into this, uh, this conference. And, um, I know someone who's like close to the organizers, so I reached out and um, 
and I got us like a really cool special promo code for layout listeners, which is super cool of them to to do that. So uh, links in the show notes is xfnconference.com. And um, uh, so if you use the code layout xfn, you get 25% off. And, and you know, the, the, t- the ticket price is not that high to begin with. It's, uh, let's see, it's just 49 bucks. So if you use that code, it's like, you know, just a little bit over 30 uh, so yeah, me and Kevin, we're probably going to be attending that conference virtually as you do. And if you want to, if you want to look into it, um, uh, yeah, links in the show notes and, uh, layout XFN code because they're nice. Boom. All right, bud. Should we do recommendations before we go? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. Do you want to um, start? I feel like you have a lot. Last week I was like, hey, do you remember Ted Lasso? I'm not going to recommend it. And you're like, yeah, cause the whole internet is recommending it. <laughs> <laughs> like you're right um but i have to mention it really quick it's it's a it's an apple tv plus show uh so usually those are not like that great this one was like as soon as start it was it was getting enough you know buzz in the twitters they're like all right i'll give it a chance um and let me just say it was one of the best things that i've watched this year not best as in like in terms of quality or whatever but like just the nicest things there's just a wholesome like just nice show all the characters are so nice and it's one of those shows that just feels good to watch um yeah and and that's this last week um like the whole season now is available so it's just 10 episodes of like 20 30 minutes each it's a comedy show it's like comedy sweet comedy <laughs> and and it was it was very fun so that's my recommendation but i have another one um it's the it's the video game star wars squadrons have you heard of this no i have not okay <laughs> of course not <laughs> of course. uh it's it's a new star wars game from ea games and it's it's like a it's like a flight simulator type of thing uh so it's just you know it's just like dog fights uh, you're in, you know, the Star Wars ships, and that's it. It's like a first-person view only, and that's it. And it's a pretty like, you know, if you like flight simulator, you know, games, it's really cool. And if you're a Star Wars fans, holy moly, it's really cool. It's really cool. But <laughs> I got it. It's by the way, it's not a full uh, full price game. It's like only forty bucks, I think. Like it's not the 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 regular seventy bucks. Um, and it's, it has a big, really good uh, online mode. Like that's the main thing. But it has a pretty compelling campaign, like storyline. Hmm. I think, like what I've heard, I, I just, I just started this, so I don't know yet. But I've heard that it's a really, really cool Star Wars story, like that main campaign. Um, and so this is like a pretty cool game. But I would say it's not for you if you don't like this type of games. You know, it's like a. It's not if you don't don't if you're not into racing games. Uh, like no matter how good that racing game can be, like it may, right. maybe it's not for you. So I feel like that's that type of game, and I would not naturally gravitate towards a like a flight simulator like you know type of game. But because it was Star Wars, like I had my foot at the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I heard that it supports VR, and I was like, just <laughs> just Ooh. cannonball, just dive in. <laughs> 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 um, so I have uh, PSVR, which is has been a while since I used it, and I was just reminded that actually the quality, like the the pixel resolution quality, is mm-hmm. not that great. Hmm. But you know, it's VR. Like once you're in it for a while, like all of that just like 
you know fades away you, you stop noticing right. how the, the the quality uh but like let me tell you man playing like vr game inside like an x-wing um like inside so cool. an a-wing like <laughs> it was so freaking cool so much <laughs> that like i i've heard that it supports those you know the, those like flight uh controls like like a joystick and like the thruster you know those like peripherals oh you can okay. buy yeah, yeah, yeah. and so i was like holy shit this supports that because a co-worker of mine was like i just got this very fancy like joystick to play this <laughs> game i was like damn that looks cool and once i got in vr i was like all right i'm already very immersed if i could mm. also have that like that that would just like put me over the edge like that that's yeah. incredible that so i try awesome. to get one and apparently there's only like one uh that it's 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 uh supported by ps4 and it's sold out everywhere here like in the big retailers i don't know what's going on well i do because uh, flight simulator from microsoft also came out like not that long ago so all of a sudden these two high profile games came out so uh, anyway uh but yeah it's it was it's so cool i've been having a lot of fun playing that and once i'm done with campaign i guess i'll uh, give it a shot at uh, multiplayer and so if there's any listeners that want to you know get in a squadron let's 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 uh let's kill some rebel scum together. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I'm down for it. And by the way, like the 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 Tie Fighter, once you once you're in the cockpit of a Tie Fighter, you you can't see shit. Like it's <laughs> just <laughs> it's like a ball. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> like, you know, when, when I'm looking at a Tie Fighter from the outside, like in a movie, it's like yeah, this looks cool. When you're in it, you just realize how <laughs> awkward of a design of that ship is. It's a ball, and it's That's like you awesome. only have like a windshield that like in front. you can't see anything. Right. Anyway, not very practical from the inside. Not very practical, um, but they're fast. Anyway, very fun. That's so awesome, though. That like VR is the one opportunity where you can realize. You know how well one of those ships is designed. Yeah, it's like actually, this is not really great to use. Man, visibility is everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. All right, nice. What's yours? Okay, so my recommendation is very different. Very, very different. Okay, I'm sort of branching out, you know, because I feel like we've given that. so many recommendations and. You know, I could recommend apps and I could recommend whatever, but, you know, it like we yeah. kind of maybe get bored of it sometimes. And sometimes I feel like everyone's already seen it or used them. So my recommendation this week is the Savage X Fenty show. <laughs> um, so this is this is a, a, a fashion show by Rihanna. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, and it's on Amazon Prime Video. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, let me explain. <laughs> so, uh, people know I work at Shopify. So, one of the things that I'm just naturally interested in is the evolution and the future of commerce and how commerce is, you know, kind of influencing culture and culture is influencing commerce. Yeah. And the reason why I'm recommending this show is because I think it's just so smart at every level. And I think it represents the future of commerce in a lot of ways. So let me explain what this is. So Rihanna has this, um, this fashion brand 
basically. And I think it's like lingerie or something yeah. like that. Uh, so she created the brand where she makes the products with obviously this big team and stuff, but they show how like she's very involved in it. It's not a thing where she just puts her name on it or it's like a, right. you know, like sometimes you see it in shows, it's like a boring like white t-shirt and they just like stamp, you know, a face on it or whatever. Yeah. And then that's it. Like, this is not it. This is actual fashion like actual thing like clothes that people want to wear that are like unique and it's not just like a screen printing kind of situation so we first start out with we have someone who's built an audience who's has created this relationship with a huge amount of people through her music and through her visuals she's created products based on that same those same ideas and those same principles and one one of the thing that like has been really like called out as part of like that show is how she's featuring body diversity yeah um and inclusivity and having people that you don't typically see in these sort of shows before um so she's using the products to send a message, right? Um, she's the way she's selling those products is through this show experience that combines music, dance, fashion in like a, in my opinion, like an interesting way. Um, it's not a like buy now, like you know, ten percent off. It's it's totally flipping the model and like it's it's essentially commerce as entertainment like it blurs the line between yeah. those two things like it doesn't feel like you're watching an ad but you're essentially watching an, an hour-long ad basically whoa but this it's so cool. it's make it's making that enjoy like enjoyable like it's just a fun show to watch with performances and there's like a bunch of artists uh that are performing songs and stuff like that um but everything that everyone's wearing is from that collection and then layer on top of that, where can you watch this? This is not like available on YouTube or whatever. This is on Amazon Prime video. And oh, so, so it's like a one click buy while you're watching? Well, no, so that's at least I watch on an Apple TV, that's not possible yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so just think about this for a second. Rihanna is making Amazon pay for her hour-long commercial <laughs> for her fashion line. She flipped the game. She turned it upside down. You know down. what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and, by the way, like people pay for Amazon Prime. So, in a way, I'm, I'm paying to be advertised to Whoa. for things that I might <laughs> want to buy. Now, I'm not in that market, but I think just the strategy of this is genius at like every level that's incredible i am not surprised that it was rihanna who you know rihanna <laughs> who came up with this this is incredible i just yeah, while but, you were while you were talking i watched the trailer mm-hmm. holy shit this is yeah it's look like it looks like something i was like i want to watch this so it mm-hmm. is really it's like it's effective in that way i do want to watch it yeah, big time. And like you can watch this even if you're not interested at all in any of the products, which like 
I'm not like I'm not in the market for like women's lingerie or whatever. Um, <laughs> like, but it is interesting in like a an event and a show in and of itself. And I just learned that this is actually the second one that they've done. They've done a, another one prior to that, which I had never heard of. And so that's why I was like. I think I want to talk about this on layout because maybe other nice. people were in the same boat as me who like haven't really heard of this or like, you know, maybe even if you've heard of it, you're like, that's not going to be for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you're interested in that sort of strategy work, <laughs> I guess, of like putting all these pieces together, I think this is just like so, so smart and um, just yeah just really interesting and pushing boundaries and this is definitely what you're gonna see like more and more like every artist is gonna do this in a few years thanks for this recommendation this is cool i had no idea i haven't heard of this yeah and i want to call out like there's been a, a mini controversy about like there's like a song in there that's um offensive for muslim people so just want to say i'm aware of this controversy um rihanna's issued an apology for it and they're like gonna remove the song but uh, yeah like i'm also aware of that so <laughs> you don't need to write us in about this <laughs> i think it still stands like it still works like you don't have right. to like cancel everyone for like a song <laughs> so yeah cool all right um that's it. Oh, the Spider-Man thing. I'll talk it in the after show. Uh, you know, thanks so much for listening. Uh, this was turned out to be a pretty long show, but uh, interesting nonetheless. I had fun. Uh, yeah, uh, go to our website. Uh, that's um, layout.fm. Follow us on Twitter at layout.fm. I'm at Rafa Hari. Kevin is at Vernal Kick, and we're part of the Spec FM network. Spec.fm. That's our podcast family. And um, once again, our huge thanks to curiosity stream for sponsoring this week's episode of layout and don't forget to go curiositystream.com slash layout and that'll get you just $14.99 for the whole year to subscribe go do that go watch that caffeinated uh, <laughs> documentary that i mentioned because i know i will this weekend <laughs> yeah that's and, such a good um, deal and yeah i guess that's it um see you in the after show which is Perfect. right now <laughs>
and they didn't really say this or talk about it in this way, but you know, my mind just went there for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Like the effect of nostalgia, like it's it's a very powerful one in a very common, you know, used one um, in 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 everything, right? Even now today, like there's some kind of nostalgia for for like skeuomorphic design and like. Instagram just released new options for like the the app icons where you can pick the old app icons and again nostalgia and all that and um this was because we were talking about nostalgia like that's a huge factor uh, in stranger things as in like nostalgia for the 80s and for that whole era not just like era as in like I live there and that was my childhood or whatever but also era for like media from the 80s like the movies from the 80s and all that but mm-hmm. I feel like nostalgia, like when it's used successfully, it's not that it literally looks like like how things used to look back then. Um, it's it it somehow captures the idea, like your memories of it. Because like, so just a couple weeks ago, month ago, whatever, the there was a new remake of Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two. Um, I don't know if you were aware of that. Like very popular games, <laughs> skater games. It's cool, anyway. And you know there was a remake, like very um, true to the originals, but just you know updated graphics and updated everything, and it looks really mm-hmm. great. And as I'm playing it, I'm like, this feels exactly like I played, like I imagine, I remember these games back from the '90s. But it's not because, of course, it's not because it looks like it. But, like, that's how I imagine it. Like, mm-hmm. back in the 90s when I was playing these games, I didn't think, oh, these graphics suck, but it's fun. <laughs> like, no, those looked incredible. Those the graphics well, right. looked incredible. And so, like, today, if they were to exactly, like, show it me exactly what it looked like back in the 90s, it would feel old. So that mm-hmm. nostalgia is, like, it's not successful because it feels worse than it did back then. So somehow... You have to capture the memory of that experience. And to offer a counterpoint, I feel like that's there's also a new sequel to Crash Bandicoot, another game from the 90s. And I, I feel like they're doing, they didn't get Ooh, this I'm right. I'm interested in that. What? <laughs> I'm interested in that. Okay, cool. So I was a huge uh, Crash Bandicoot fan. From the, from the reviews, and I didn't play it, but it feels like it's a game that is, it, it, it behaves like the a game from the 90s like it plays oh, right. and works in the, like a game from the 90s okay. which you might feel like great that's that's what i remember and that's what i liked uh but it doesn't age well right mm. so it's it's literally like you were trying to play a game like in the 90s with just with updated graphics so i, I feel like that's another example of like that you dropped the ball and to go full circle back to lessons from a screenplay they were saying that like this is a show stranger things this was a show this is a show that looks like like the 80s, it reminds you of the 80s in that whole era, but it's shot like in a modern way. And it doesn't have like filters to make look like it's from, you know, VHS or whatever. It doesn't have, you know, four by three aspect ratio. Even like all the cinematography is a modern cinematography, but it just has the, these icons and like things the that The storyline also, I yeah. think, is a big thing. Well, <laughs> you know, I. Not to get too, like, negative about these things, but, like, oftentimes you're, like, people, like, 
you probably wouldn't have had one of the main characters be black, unfortunately, on this show if it was actually shot in that time period, right? Mm-hmm. Like that there's there's things where culturally we've all evolved to, you know, have different things that we're thinking about and just society like as our own way of, of acting and and being that just so that's something that i find interesting sometimes like in these shows that sort of pretend to be a period piece where the issues that they're talking about are, are totally modern issues and they're not necessarily like what would have been discussed at that <laughs> time period so anyways yeah. a little like parenthesis on that but which i yeah, feel that's, that's the way to go it's but... kind of like using it feels like it's using that uh that time period as an aesthetic because i because i think for the stranger things audience i feel like for the most part it's people who didn't live through that time yeah, me included <laughs> like uh, yeah me, me as well like, yeah. I, have, I was like i don't really have that nostalgia directly i think what we do have maybe is the secondhand nostalgia yeah. that like i've didn't live that period but i've watched movies of that period you know and it can bring me nostalgia by proxy (laughs) it's like nostalgia of the movies of that time that i watched later yeah (laughs) just kind of interesting uh anyway that was not a tangent i want to plan to go on uh (laughs) so okay kevin you are the i couldn't care less for marvel stuff um (laughs) resident um unfortunately i'm i'm not the uh, co-host you need for this segment of the show but i'm the one you've got <laughs> i literally put this in the show notes because i was like i was talking to debs i was like i just need to have it on record so that if i'm right in this theory in this thinking like damn I would, i'm gonna be proud of this moment you have proof okay so can you indulge me on this just you know just for a second go for it I'll just go for it you know Sit there, relax, and pretend that you can. <laughs> I'll mute my mic for a bit. <laughs> pretend that you're listening. <laughs> That's all I ask. <laughs> okay. Um, so news broke that uh, Jamie Foxx, the actor, uh, mm-hmm. was cast as Electro in the next Spider-Man movie. Hmm. So far, Who's so Electro? Okay. Electro is a, is a villain, a Spider-Man villain, a popular one. Um, okay. Okay, just the fact that you're not reacting to this means that I have some uh, context to to give you. So, <laughs> in the you know how there were like there's three modern like Spider-Man movie uh, reboots. There's a Tobey Maguire in the early 2000s, and then mm-hmm. there was uh, two movies uh, with uh, Andrew Garfield. Um, yeah, it's the Amazing Spider-Man movies, and then mm-hmm. there's a new recent uh, Tom Holland, which are part of the MCU movies. Okay. Cool. So, Jamie Foxx actually played Electro in the Andrew Garfield movies. So the second right, one, okay. he played Electro in that one. Right. And so the fact that he's been cast to play the same character in this new Spider-Man movie, which is a total different universe from those, mm-hmm. right, uh, from the Andrew Garfield one, is a very odd choice. Because like, why would you? Why would you do this? It's not like you know Jamie Foxx is perfect for this role, and like, of course, I mean, who else would you you know cast? It's not like that. So why would you do this? Like, 
it's just it's just going to be confusing for for the audience. Um, but then I, I you know I was reminded that okay spoilers for spoilers for everything <laughs> spoilers for everything Spider-Man related. Spoilers I'm not going to like tiptoe on this one. Um, on the on the most recent Spider-Man uh, movie, the Spider-Man Homecoming, the post-credit sequence um, is a scene in where Tom Holland and you know Zendaya they're in New York uh, swinging around, and then um, J.K. Simmons, the actor, is playing uh, John Jana Jameson. Uh, for, say that name wrong. John Jameson. You know that character? Yeah, guy screaming. Yeah, yeah. And it's J.K. Simmons, the perfect actor to he play is, this role. Exactly, <gasps> and he famously played that same role in the Tobey Maguire universe. Oh, okay. Right, he's been recast to play the same character here. But, but on the other ha- hand, who else are you going to cast in this exactly. role? Exactly. <laughs> like that was the one I didn't bat an eye. I yeah. was like, sure, that's kind of weird. But like that actor is so clearly perfect for the role that I'm like, yeah. I mean. Who else would they cast? Like I get it. Like I, I just like I excuse them for this one. Like of course. Like I, I get it. Right. But now, so and and I'm assuming that the, the he's gonna have a role in this new movie. You know, right? So that was just a, a teaser, mm-hmm. a little scene. But he's gonna play a role in the next movie. So we're talking. Uh, that means that in the next MCU Spider-Man movie, which I maybe already has a title, but I, I don't know. Um, we're gonna have. J.K. Simmons playing uh, John Jameson. Um, and we're going to have Electro played by Jimmy Fox again. So we're going to have two actors playing the same character that they've played in different universe. So mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons from the Tobey Maguire and Jimmy Fox from the Andrew Garfield. So, okay, this is already like very trippy. Like, holy shit, I can't remember, you know. Another time, it's like it's like you're you're it's like you're you're watching uh, the uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, and there's mm-hmm. uh, Christian Bale uh, playing Batman, and all of a sudden here comes uh, like uh, Michelle Pfeiffer playing Catwoman, right? Or or like in here comes uh, freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Freezer, <laughs> Mister Freeze or whatever it's called. Uh, it's like <laughs> that's odd. Like that's so weird. Yeah. Um. Um. A question. Mm-hmm. Did they have the character played by J.K. Simmons in played by a different actor since then? No, they did not. Okay, so it's not like they went out of their way to right. get him. They didn't recast him. No. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so what's your theory? So in this also in this Spider-Man movie, the Homecoming one, uh, at one point. At one point, the uh, what's his name, Jake Gyllenhaal, who plays Magneto, um, when he introduces himself to the to, to Peter Parker, he said, "Oh, I I come from another universe," and Peter is like, "Oh my god!" Then the multiverse theory is is real, and he's like, "Yep," and Marvel fans are like, "Holy shit! They're going to introduce a multiverse concept in the MCU," which, by the way, is a thing that they do in the comics. Like at some point, you have like all different Spider Mans, which was exactly the plot device for Into the Spider Verse movie from Sony, because right, mm. it's all it's built, written around that concept that there's different wow. different universes. <laughs> so that's that's a very common and known theme in in Marvel. You know, oh, Jesus. Um, so so anyway so 
turns out uh jake gyllenhaal's character uh you know did i say magneto uh mysterio um he was lying he was all it was all fake um he was like playing peter um so that that turned out not to be true but it's marvel teasing the audience like haha you see multiverse Mm uh-huh and then the last thing is like the marvel already like announced uh like uh the next couple movies uh in their in their calendar the mcu movies not that many okay. but like you have you already know rough dates in in some of the movies you already know like their title um including the uh, a new doctor strange uh movie and the 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 title of the movie which is gonna come out next year uh well we'll see but it's called doctor strange in the multiverse of madness so in that title marvel is like huh multiverse mm-hmm. we keep teasing <laughs> you multiverse so right. so i'm like you know marvel fans are, are expecting or like maybe hoping to see finally the multiverse being introduced in the mcu with this movie but now i'm thinking maybe you will be introduced in the new spider-man movie which actually i don't know if it comes before or after this doctor strange but like the next spider-man movie can have a multiverse in it featured in it and the way they're going to introduce the multiverse like think about it how are you going to introduce this concept probably like if you just have other characters and they say i I come from a different universe like okay that's cool but it's not that cool right like anyone can do that it doesn't really affect much but if all of a sudden like into the spider-verse you have three spider-mans now that's cool right and that kind of makes your brain melt a little bit are they getting toby Maguire for (laughs) i have no clue but i'm like how can the mcu make that would be epic yeah how can they make and like different universes be super cool and like unique and you've never seen this in movies it would be if somehow they would bring toby Maguire, and andrew garfield from like their own universes back to the mcu not back but like, uh-huh. you know feature them here that would be so fucking trippy i don't know how <laughs> they would do it. like you my brain would melt now i don't think they're gonna get toby Maguire and andrew garfield because like they're too high profile they probably have like a bunch of contracts and shit that they, i don't know if that's feasible maybe that's like being too ambitious but one thing they could do is just bring a villain like back from one of the least popular spider-man movies like Electro, played by Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I think that's more lame. <laughs> a lot of people won't remember. <laughs> and so what's supposed to be this, oh, look, really cool reveal is actually like, most people are like, what? <laughs> Maybe they do have Tobey uh, Maguire and stuff, but they can't really anna- like announce it, right? They said, oh, yeah. Tobey Maguire is in a new Spider-Man movie. It's like, yeah, then it's a total spoiler. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I would love for that to happen, actually. I, it, the way I think it would happen is, um, I think it'd just be like a cameo. You see them for like two minutes, and then they go away. Like, I don't think they become like permanent characters, but they 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 would be there for the reveal of mm-hmm. like that holy shit moment. But the point is not to bring those back as, as a character. Uh, you, you're probably right. Like... Any cameo, like just a just a little, yeah, you know, maybe cameo is a bit too. Yeah. Whatever, an appearance, which probably it's is the the means. multiverse is is kind of an interesting concept, I think, because 
in one way, it seems like the ultimate like fan pipe dream. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like like you know from what I know about the the Marvel fans is you know looking at every frame of the screen to try to find some sort of connection and you know there is like something that would appeal to the Reddit <laughs> like, yeah. here, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, in a way that makes me feel like that's too good to be true. <laughs> like that, like when there's something that fans really, really, really want, like typically it doesn't really happen. But on the other hand, I also see this idea of multiverse as like for, for Marvel, the corporation itself, it is like a, a blank check. <laughs> <laughs> they can do yeah, whatever no, right. the fuck they want, right? Yeah. Because it's like nothing. It's like guys, nothing matters anymore. <laughs> nothing. Like characters can die and be born again. They we can bring back old people. We can kill off new characters. We can change the actors midway through. Who the hell cares? Because we have this one explanation, which is multiverse. Right. Multiverse is the answer to all of the things that you think don't make sense. Ah, it's a multiverse. <laughs> it's a different parallel universe with the same people, but some like. And so there's something about that that just feels like it's a perfect out for yeah. a franchise of this size, which would allow them to do whatever. But it's uh, for until the end of time, basically. So I can see it happening. <laughs> but it's not like a a bad thing. Like like think about like Marvel. They've done like whack crazy shit in some of their movies. And like even though in Endgame they like play with time travel. And I think they've been really good at making these things work. Or like even like don't don't push things too far. Like and let's not forget that Marvel were they were they were the first like they were the ones that created this like idea of a cinematic universe really like mm-hmm. that's that's Marvel like when when you know Captain America and Iron Man were in the same movie like holy I just pooped my pants like what just happened this is incredible and then they keep doing it for like ten years incredible feat um, and so like how can you top that right and I feel like this would be something that would like you know, break our brains a little bit. Like, somehow bring back characters from, you know, just instead of having a bunch of reboots as a weakness, like, maybe we'll dilute, like, the, the, the impact of a character. Um, like, use that to your own advantage. That, I think that would be genius. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, they will for sure make a lot of money. I, <laughs> I do see this as maybe potentially the beginning of the end, however long the end will take to arrive. But it's like, it's the same problem with Star Wars, basically. It's like you get to a point where you're so many layers removed from what the actual origin of all these things is that nothing matters anymore, that the stakes kind of just get lowered. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's not something that might happen. And But on the other hand, it might be inevitable. And so, like double down on the cameos and the nostalgia factor and all these things of like bringing back you know some some old characters and yeah. just go for it like milk it for all that it's worth <laughs> like Thanos was inevitable <laughs>